Hey everyone, welcome to Seeking Witchcraft. It's me, Ashley, and today we're going to be talking about a book called Witchcraft Therapy. Today we have the author. Her name is Mandy M. On, and she's going to talk a little bit about this book as well as some beginner info that you could take away from this episode. So Mandy, thank you so much for coming on today. Please feel free to introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Mandy M. I am an author. I live in BC, Canada um, with my three kids and my husband. Um, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. So I read your book, <laughs> Witchcraft Therapy, and I really like that this is a no-nonsense type book on the craft and practicing magic. You know, there's sections of things called like, hang on to that shifty bitch called life or get your shit together. And I was, I was reading this and I was like, wow, if I wrote a book, I would write a book just like this. Like, this is exactly the same language I would use. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I think there's a lot of books for beginners that are out there that are very much, you know, love and light and try your best and, you know, do this magic and manifest your dreams and everything will come true. And I think that there's a selling point, but I think that that's not really the real, you know, nitty gritty of magic. Uh, and I like how this book is like, no, 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 like you can do spells, you could do magic, but you have to actually put some real life action into that. I think that that's missing from a lot of beginner books nowadays. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it was it was funny, because I wanted to write something that was a little bit you know how people say you try and produce the things you wish you had sort of thing. And so I was really trying to have this come across as kind of like if you were asking your best friend about practicing magic or about trying to, you know, uh, create a daily life experience that's a little more fulfilling um, than draining, right? And so I wanted to write it in a way that was super casual, super um, like approachable. Like I I kind of just wanted it to people to read it and feel like they're sitting with me and we're just like shooting the shit. Like it's so casual. It's so easy. And it's not, you know, kind of precious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I really like the book too. Like aesthetically the book I was looking, I was like, wow, this literally looks like if I wrote a book, <laughs> it's like the same colors. It's, it's, it's perfect. Like I, so I really, really like this a lot. You know, I really like that. It's like a very casual low key, like, Hey, you know, it, it feels like you're talking to a friend when you read it, which I appreciate it. You know, there's another section like you can do the hard shit. <laughs> like, you know, I, I love uh, this may be very cliche of me, but I love all the cursing in it because I'm just like, wow, this is like how I talk in real life. <laughs> yeah. And so like there's a lot of I knew when I wrote it that there was going to be people who hated that about it specifically. But oh, I, I love that. Yeah. I, and that was one of my favorite parts of it. <laughs> yeah. And so that's it's kind of like one of those good examples of like when it speaks to you, like it really speaks to you. But if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And that's OK. Right. Because I think sometimes we're inundated with all these messages and all these um, all this advice and all of this sort of you know, all this different information that comes at us like rapid fire throughout our day. And I think that if you can speak to a way that um, is reaching people where they're at. And so this book for me is how I talk. So writing it was super easy, but I also really wanted it to um, have that energy of like just being casual. Like it, it doesn't have to, shifting and transforming your life doesn't have to be this, um, you know, super 
beautiful aesthetic thing. It doesn't have to be this like super complicated thing. It You can literally sit in your pajamas all day long and you can create a life you love. You know what I mean? Like I just wanted it to be super relaxed, super casual. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that plays with witchcraft. And, and I say this a lot about how you don't need to have the most aesthetic looking altar. And, you know, you don't have to have the prettiest altar tools. You don't even have to dress in the witchy aesthetic if you want to have successful magic and to work with your practice. You know, it, it's really not about that. It's really about, you know, the nitty gritty, getting the work done, getting your hands dirty. And, you know, I think that sometimes beginners can get lost on that when they're seeing these beautiful altars online and these you know, beautiful spell jars and these elaborate things on TikTok. TikTok especially is, is mm-hmm. filled with that now. That's like the new Instagram, <laughs> the new Instagram place for aesthetic witchcraft. I feel like um, I don't use TikTok very often, but I, I see a lot of them. And I mean, honestly, I, I look at these videos and I'm like, oh, I wish my craft looked like that. But then I have to kind of stop myself and think like, you know, my craft is working just fine without having all of these nice nice things and also it's expensive it's expensive oh my to buy those things on those on those uh those videos yeah it's so expensive like and it's funny because like when I wrote this book I really like the spells in it um it was super important to me to have them be as basic as possible because like I have a personal specific pet peeve when it comes to the idea that you need tools for magic so that just doesn't that doesn't really gel with my worldview. So if you have all these amazing, wonderful tools, they can be great. And I can actually look at them sometimes if I have something that's very aesthetic, very beautiful, and it can help me get into this wonderful mental like gnosis state, just being in the vibe. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's important too. But at the end of the day, I see people in groups and stuff like that talking about like, oh, can I still do this spell if I don't have this, this, and this? I think you can do, I think you can, easily do magic with anything that you have at your at your disposal so it was really important to me when I wrote this book to do the spells and have them not be super um like you had to have all these things to do it because if there's one thing that I really wanted to communicate is that um you don't you don't need the things if you want the things if they help you that's fantastic but like at the end of the day I always try and think of it back to like the wise women of like the olden days they didn't have you know crystal shops online they didn't have like local bodegas everywhere you know what I mean like people were able to practice magic and to use magic without having to uh, necessarily spend a fortune yeah, you know, I appreciate that, that a lot of the ingredients in the spells, because so this book has, and we'll get into the book in a moment, but this book has different spells in it with ingredients. And a lot of the ingredients are things that you probably already have at home. I, I have a collection of random spell books that I've gotten over the years, and they they require ingredients that, you know, I, I've i been practicing for a couple of years now, so I have a lot of these ingredients at this point. But some of these ingredients are just random things that when you're just starting out, you might not know what Datura is. You might not know what Vervain is unless you've seen the Vampire Diaries. Like, you know, there, there's different herbs that they ask for that you're really going to have to go out of your way to get. And a lot of times it might not really be necessary for all of that. Yeah, I recently had an episode with Tom, though, where we talked about it it was called his intention at really everything. And we had a really wonderful discussion about intention. And, you know, we talked about in that episode how you don't need tools, but they do make things easier. You know, you don't need herbs, but they do make things easier. 
Um, so I want to make sure that listeners, if you're if you're coming from that episode to this one, um, I think you are absolutely able to work valid magic without tools. I think that that's possible because I did it for years before I had anything and it worked, but it can be a little easier if you have certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, you know, it's like what Mandy's saying, like if they're asking for these outrageous things, you don't need every single thing, you know, back in the day, they didn't have crystal shops. They couldn't just go on Amazon and order these herbs that might not actually even be the herbs that you're really looking for. <laughs> they might be fake. They might be something completely different because who knows it's from Amazon. Uh, you know, they they kind of worked with what they had. And I appreciate that this book incorporates things of that that you probably already own. It's not going to be impossible to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I know for me personally, a lot of the items, like the herbs that I use in my craft um, are forage. So I I just um, got to know what plants and things that we had locally that I could use that grow in abundance. And then um, also like when it comes to rocks and crystals and things like that, like in terms of energy and feeling and things like that, like I, I love crystals, but there are some that I've just found in the wild that just mean so much to me just on their own. So I think that people are able to definitely, you can do um, a lot of different things if you kind of cultivate your your magic mindset and, and um, being able to look at you know, what symbolism does this thing hold for me? What, uh, you know, how do I feel when I use um, certain herbs? How do I feel when I use certain crystals? How do I feel when I do have like all these beautiful, gorgeous aesthetic candles and vials and things like that? Because it does, it does shift you and transport you into a little bit of a more um, deep place, right? So I think it's all, it's all super valid. But at the end of the day, I think we can all, um, we can all uh, try and, just work with what we have and try and learn ourselves and try and learn our own kind of particular magic, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think that that can't be understated about these triggers for ritual, like getting into a ritual mindset. Uh, I think it's really important. And if that trigger for you involves having your whole altar setup be absolutely gorgeous, and that's fine. Uh, But, you know, sometimes it doesn't need to be that intense you know for me like I could just smell a certain incense because perhaps we use this uh I use a certain incense for my altar whenever I'm doing my spell work so if I were to be out and about like I might get into that trigger because I'm smelling it somewhere um and it takes me back to that you know I I, I've had really pretty altar setups before with a lot of things on them and over the years I've kind of toned down my altar because I realized you know I don't need as much stuff on it as I used to have and honestly I don't know what it is but my place gets filled with dust I think from all the incense that I burn (laughs) and after a while things just get so dusty on my altar and then I'm stressed about having to clean it later and then I'll just like come back to it later and then I feel bad that my altar is unkept quote unquote and I'm just like you know what I don't need to have all this out here I can make my life so much easier and I feel better about my craft like I don't need to have this fancy altar because no one's seeing it but me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's also you have to sort of look at your practice like a um, like a living, a living thing as you would look at your own, you know, your own personality through life and stuff. It's something that constantly shifts and evolves. Like so, um, you know, there could be I, it's funny you say incense because for me, dragon the smell of dragon's blood incense like does it for me immediately. There's something about the smell of that that gets me like deep into zone. And so I absolutely love it. So when you mentioned incense, I was like, yes, I get that. Um, when it comes to the altar, it's funny because um, there's ways that I've had things arranged that really helped me and really helped me um, get into a, a 
state of flow and a state of a good focused zone. But then that changes over time. And it's funny because I found myself trying to arrange it in one specific way, although I kept um, kind of intuitively shifting it around. And then eventually I went, no, maybe I just don't want it that way. Maybe I want it to look this way now. Maybe I want to have these items on it now. You know what I mean? So I think it's, um, it's something that can grow and evolve and shift over time, depending on how you're feeling and what moods you're going through and what's, um, what's a priority for your practice at any given time, you know? Yeah. You know, I think that that is such an important statement to make about how this is a living practice, that it's, it's not a stagnant thing that you're doing. You know, as you go through your craft, you should be evolving and changing what you do. I mean, what you do from day one, like maybe that's comfortable, but a lot of witchcraft also involves getting out of your comfort zones, which um, if I remember correctly, there's some things in the book that kind of allude to that. (laughs) You know, witchcraft is not about being comfortable all the time. You're not going to grow if you're not pushing your boundaries and if you're not trying something new. And I'll tell you, my altar setup does not look the same as when I first started out. You know, not only have I just like changed my practice, but I've also changed my tools. I've changed how I use my tools. I I changed even using tools to begin with. You know, there's been a lot of different things that I've done and I've learned through practice, through reading, through experiences. And, you know, your craft is a living thing. If your witchcraft looks exactly the same from 10 years ago, for example, if you've been practicing for 10 years and it looks exactly the same 10 years ago than to how it looks now, you know, I would challenge you to do something different, you know, change things up. If you feel like that's been working fine for you, that's completely fine. You know, you don't have to change anything. But I I am of the mindset that you should be looking to expand and grow and get yourself out of your comfort zones and and really that this should be a living practice. This shouldn't be stagnant. Yeah, I totally agree with you there because it's it's just like anything. It'll grow. It'll evolve over time. Like if you nourish it, if you feed it, if you, you know, if you give to that part of your life, then it'll give back to you. Like it's just um, it's it is just really important because I don't think there's anyone out there that would set up their altar for the first time and then have it be that way. Like you were saying, 10 years down the line, right? It, it just depends on what, what you're going through in life. It depends on, yeah, how your practice has evolved. And that's one of the things that's actually really um, beautiful about uh, witchcraft as a practice is the fact that it's everybody's practice, everybody's altar, everybody's everything will look so different and so unique. And it's really uh, like a form of spirituality that encourages people to get to know themselves so deeply that they're able to shift and grow in response to the needs that are presenting themselves in their life. Right. So it's actually, um, it's, I, it's one of these things I'm super passionate about. It's actually a really beautiful, wonderful, magical thing. And like life is so, um, chaotic. We have a lot of stress. Like we really are um, very much connected to all these mundane things that happen in our sphere that it can be really hard to carve out some time to kind of check in with yourself, check in with your spirit. And I'm not saying that it has to be like a religious type thing, but just to actually make space for peace um, and reflection and gratitude and things like that in your life. So that's, you know, that's part of the reason why why witchcraft in general is just such a a beautiful, amazing, um, living thing. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about your background. So I read that you have a psych degree. Uh, yeah, I have a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. 
Cool. Yeah, I have my I have my master's in clinical psychology. So it's always cool to see somebody else out there who's practicing who has a similar background. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, when I was talking to some friends about the book, um, so, you know, I think that there's a lot of campy books out there. So when I told them originally that the name of it was witchcraft therapy, one of them was like, Oh, you know, like, I don't really know, like books that are called that what I think and I'm like, Well, no, 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 she has a psych background. And they're like, okay, well, that changes things a little bit. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I actually really like the book <laughs> as somebody also with a psych background. And and I'm like, it's not one of those those campy books where it's like, oh, like you just wish it and it'll happen. You know, it, it's, you know, you have to make efforts in yourself to have things come forth in your magic and in your practice and in real life. <laughs> you know, I, I like how there's things in here, like using divination as a mental, mental health check-in, like ways that you can incorporate your craft as well as incorporating, um, you know, real life things that you need to go through with your mental health. I love that topic of spirituality and mental health together. I think, I think that that's a really interesting concept. And I like how there are some things in this book that touch on that. Yeah, that's like, oh, man, that is like super my jam. So I like I got I have um, a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. I wanted to go to school for longer, but I just have too many kids and I ran out of steam. But I also um, I also used to manage a day program for developmentally disabled adults. And so it's it's one of these things where I'm always kind of looking for very unique alternative um, solutions to very uh, ordinary problems. Um, and so in my own life, it's something that I had to do because I think this book was written out of a unique combination of just like my work experience, my um, education, and then my life experience. Like I've had some, you know, crazy shit that's happened in my life. And I've had things that have transformed me. And I've, uh, I struggled in the mental health system for a long time as well. And I found that once I was able to uh, really dig into self-care through um, doing things like shadow work, through doing things like trying to cultivate my mindset in a way that I was looking for things to be happy and grateful for. And I know that sounds very kind of like toxic and cliche, but it, it really is not. Um, there is there is scientific evidence for the way that it can change your health, the way it can you know change your immune response, the way that it can change your overall outlook on life, right? So I think these things are all super important working together. The name of the book, Witchcraft Therapy, like there's a couple people that I saw that, um, you know, didn't love the name because I know there's sometimes people have this idea that um, I think people are hyper vigilant about um, taking away from uh, like medical help and medical therapy. That's not what this book is about. There's a disclaimer right in the beginning that it is um, sort of an addendum to whatever, uh, whatever other sorts of help that you might be needing at that time. Like this book is definitely not a like, you know, do magic and then you don't need therapy. No, it's just one of the tools in our in our toolbox, right? My high priestess uses that phrase all the time is having a tool in your toolbox and magic is one of those tools that you can tap into. It's kind of an extra thing that we're able to use um, outside of the mundane life, which is great. Um, you know, I wanted to touch on something you actually mentioned. So, cause it ties back to something we were talking about earlier. So shadow work. Yeah. So you talked about that shadow work at one point in the witchcraft communities online was a huge, huge topic. Everybody and their mom was talking about shadow work online, but now shadow work's not really talked about online as much as it used to be. 
um, you know, I think after the shadow work conversation, then the big thing after that was spell jars. And then the big thing after that was egg cleanses. And now I see a lot of people talking about sex magic for some reason online. <laughs> and it kind of goes into the craft is this living thing where it's interesting, you know, you have your own personal craft, but then there's definitely like, almost like this egregore, I, I want to say of online communities and the witchcraft realm, where people just go from one topic to another, and you'll spend months talking about this months talking about that months talking about that. I mean, I feel like if I were to mention shadow work now, uh, some people online would be like, what's that? <sighs> but six months ago, that's all everybody talked about, which was kind of timely because we were living in the, of the time of the lockdowns and everything. I mean, we still kind of are, but a lot of people were looking inside and in themselves. And I think, you know, I saw a big uptake and people who became interested in witchcraft. And I think that a lot of people were just kind of like turning in and say, and like getting in touch with their spirituality, especially during these uncertain times where there was all these deaths and um, crazy things happening in the world. But yeah, witchcraft is definitely, um, it moves. Yeah. <laughs> it, had, it had its own life of its own. It, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I was like, when you were saying that, I was like, it's kind of like an egregore effect. And so when you said that, I was like, whoa. I completely understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about that. You have a, a psych background. So is there any particular tradition or anything that you follow or have you been an collected witch? Like what's your background as a witch? Oh my God. So my, it's, it's so funny. I basically have been practicing intuitive magic my entire life without knowing exactly what it was that I was doing. So there, you know, there was a brief period in my teens where I kind of like dabbled in Wicca, but like for me, I, I'm kind of like sort of a bit of a skeptic at heart. And I definitely, re religion is just not, um, for me and any sort of structure usually ends up leaving me feeling, um, a little bit lacking. So through my life, what I used to do is just, I had a high, um, I had a high understanding of symbolism from when I was young and I used to draw a lot. And like, it's funny, I look at the drawings from when I was young and I was like, wow, were you like deeply disturbed? <laughs> because I use so many of these like really powerful symbols and things like that. And so through my life, I would do things if I was in a period usually of high stress or if I really wanted something to come through to me where I would just, you know, throw through a few things in a bowl or I would write a sigil at the time I didn't necessarily know what sigils were, but I would try and draw these little things to try and infuse things with good luck. I've always considered myself more of like a fringe. I have a lot of, you know, unusual fringe interests. So I kind of just thought I was a bit of a, a weirdo. I wasn't super comfortable with the term of witch until I was, you know, much older. And so it's funny to have this thing that has been with me my entire life and also knowing how much it's evolved because the practice that I have now is a lot more, I think, coherent because there's more of things like meditation. There's more of things like shadow work. There's more like really inner development work instead of it being this thing that I like rush to into a time of need. Do you know what I mean? So my practice um, is fully uh, intuitive almost chaos magic style, um, very much in response to my environment and very much with the intention of specifically um, shifting my emotional state, my daily, uh, my daily life, you know, people around me trying to improve, you know, things for them, like that's kind of the basis of my magic. It's very fly by the seat of your pants. And it's very much based on just my uh, gut intuition, my feelings, the, you know, ritual is a huge part of it. I think you should, 
I, if you ritualize things, it makes them so powerful. Like you can ritualize, you know, your morning coffee, you can ritualize, you know, your evening tea, like these are really important things. And I think that if you do that, it just invites, you know, another level of of existing into your life that's a little bit more it's kind of like the the movie would you like to live deliciously yes that's that's a hundred percent what we want i love that movie that movie is the witch if anybody is wondering what it is <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite movies i think at the very end it's, i'm just like yes yeah <laughs> it feels very empowering um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, I, I think so most listeners uh, who've listened for a bit. So I they know that I'm Wiccan. And um, I've been Wiccan for a bit now. And I think that it's cool to see people on different uh, paths with witchcraft as being a spirituality versus a religion or a little bit of both for some people. And, you know, I think most people starting out do start out the same way. And um, I just want to remind anybody, everybody like, you know, don't feel pressured to change your religion based on if you're doing witchcraft. Um, you know, you can, your path is your own. You could do whatever you'd like, essentially. Um, I will say that some religions won't acknowledge you if you practice witchcraft, such as Christianity, uh, putting that out there. But you can still call yourself a Christian witch if you want. Your Bible might say something a little bit different. <laughs> but, uh, you know, your practice is your own. Um, and I think that there shouldn't necessarily be this pressure to have to, you know, look into paganism or Wicca or, or what have you. Uh, just because you practice witchcraft. Mm -hmm. So do you have a favorite part of the book that you wrote? Yeah, my favorite part. <laughs> well, I mean, I love the whole thing. But <laughs> my favorite part is the first chapter, which is vibe check your mindset, because I think that's really the basic of, of, of everything. I think it's the it's the foundation of cultivating a magical worldview. It's um, it's the basics of of trying to if you are um, interested in manifesting, it's it's like foundational for changing and shifting the way that you interpret life. Yeah, I think having a healthy mindset is really important. I think as you're saying, it really just starts you out. Um, you know, for example, so I, I've seen a lot of things on the witchcraft community is of people saying, oh, I had a bad day. I want to hex my boss or I want to hex my neighbor or I want to curse this person because they wronged me. And then it's really funny because then people will ask for more details or maybe they'll have more details on their original post. And if you read their post, the person who's saying that they got wronged was actually the person doing the wrongdoing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes people want, don't want to take um, or they don't want to admit that they might have been the one at fault. You know, if you're late to work all the time, you shouldn't be doing a spell to make your boss happy and like a, a sweet jar or a sweetening spell or whatever you're going to do that like they won't fire you. In reality, you should just work on not being late. And then you don't have to do this whole big magical work around that may or may not work because, hey, you need to get your shit together in your mundane life and stop being late to work, as an example, instead of trying to do magic to make sure that, like, your boss isn't mad at you, that you're late all the time. You know, I think taking responsibilities for your actions is really important. And if you're going to do magic, especially in situations that may be negative, I think it's very important for the practitioner to look within themselves and be like, okay is there anything in my life that I can do to make this better? Because I need to apply that before you do this magic. Magic is going to help turn things in your direction, but you need to be the one to kickstart it in that direction by making real life practical changes within yourself and within your surroundings. And I think that gets lost on people sometimes. <laughs> 
Yeah. So like some people, some people just aren't there and some people just, um, you know, maybe it's not as easy for them to look at, you know, taking responsibility. Maybe it's not, maybe they're just not there on their path yet where they are, you know, doing the shadow work, doing the inner work. Right. So it's, it's just, it kind of depends on where everyone's at, but I, I personally think that self-knowledge and doing your shadow work and really trying to just be connected and just, um, you know, staying in your own, keeping your own vibe right is so important. And the spell work and stuff, everything will just get better from doing that work to begin with, you know? Yeah. And I think that that is where things like journaling come in handy uh, to see how you progress. Because sometimes when you're deep involved in witchcraft and, and, you know, you're going through this, sometimes it feels like nothing's really changed in your life. Like, yeah, you might know a little bit more than you did when you first started out, or you have a couple more tools, you know, you've done a couple spells here and there. But sometimes looking back at those old journal entries and seeing what you wrote really can kind of make you realize how much you have progressed from day one. You know, I know that there's times where I'll go back in my journal that I I was writing in when I was in my outer court, and I'll you know, sometimes I sit here and I'm like, oh, you know, I just know some more things. I just know a little bit like, I, you know, I still feel like the same person, blah, 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 kind of. And then I'll go back and I'll read my journal and I'll be like, wow, I am absolutely not the same person anymore. Uh, there has been a big shift in my life. And, you know, it, it, it's quite um, astounding to see those shifts because sometimes you don't really realize how much you've changed over the years and how much you've grown. Uh, you know, I just the other day I saw somebody had posted in, in a group that they really wanted to be a high priestess and that they were looking to join the tradition because they they felt the calling to be a high priestess. And then somebody resurrected this thre- thread and this thread was like six months old it, to say something like, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't come into tra- tradition, just become a high priestess. You know, there should be a little bit more than that because um, it's about more than that. And they actually came back, the original author, and said, you know, I have completely changed my mindset since then. I, I can't even believe that I wrote this. I'm not the same person I was. You know, I've learned a lot since then. And it's those little things, seeing that growth, that that's so important to journal. <laughs> because sometimes you don't remember these things or how you felt back in the day. And, and being able to go back and reference that is really great. Yeah, I think that's super valid. Um, I know for me personally, I've I've looked back and like this type of work is not for the faint of heart. It can be very interesting to look back even on your things you've journaled about trying to manifest too, because I think it can be really easy for us to be like, I really want this. And we get really kind of tunnel vision about it for a while as well. And then all of a sudden one day, it's like six months later and you realize you have, like if you look back, you can realize that you have everything that has been that you had laid out that you were trying to manifest you can have all of that or better but it can sometimes sneak up on you so gradually in the middle of life's everything that you cannot even notice it so I also recommend looking back in journals too just for gratitude purposes because sometimes you can look back and be like holy shit everything worked out for me in a way that I didn't even you know believe was possible which can be super helpful when you're trying to (laughs) cultivate cultivate that mindset for yourself, doing your magical work in the future. But certainly, yeah, looking through like your journals for shadow work and things like that can be like a really crazy experience because it can be painful. Like it's not, it's not just like, you know, I think sometimes people have this idea of like witchcraft is like, oh, you got candles lit and you're like burning some incense and then you're, you know, writing in your beautiful leather bound journal. It's like, no, sometimes you're just like sitting in a blanket fucking 
crying because you're like, wow, I didn't realize how all of these traumas and all of these hurts and all of these pains that I have are so connected in, you know, X, Y, and Z ways. So it can be a really, um, I just, I just see witchcraft as being so important, um, just as a personal growth tool as well. And, oh my God, I would just love to see more, uh, more witches wake up in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think witchcraft is definitely a tool that people can use to make their lives better, but to also look inside themselves and see what they need to change within their, their own selves and what they need to address to help make their life better. It's not all about magic. It's about the inner work as well. Um, and, and I think that can't be stressed enough. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, Manny. So do you have any recommendations for beginners who are just starting out? Like, you know, what what would be something that you think that should be their first step? Or uh, what would be something that you'd want to teach beginners that they could take away from this episode or from your book or from both? Um, I think it would just be to, to really try and figure out where you're at first, like figure out, you know, what's going on in your life, how you feel about things, your perspective, your worldview, like, for example, um, if you are somebody who's just getting interested um, in things like witchcraft, and say you might have only been exposed to it through TikTok or something like that. And maybe you feel like you need to be doing all this deity work or that you should be doing all your spell jars to look, you know, this specific perfect way. I think the first thing that that everybody can do is just figure out what they're at and figure out what they're trying to achieve. From there, um, I think uh, just trying to really understand that it is a tool and a supplement to um, to your real world action. So the, you know, the example that I used in my book was basically like going out and looking for a job. You can absolutely do a spell to, to find a job. You can enchant an item and wear it to a job interview. You can, you know, you can try to enlist the help of spirits or anything like that. But at the end of the day, if you're not handing your resume out, then all that, all that stuff is going to be, you know, I guess, I guess it's not impossible that you could get a job, but it's going to be a lot less impactful than if you are also doing your share of like meat space work. So like pounding the pavement, handing out resumes, getting to know people, putting yourself out there, all of that plus magic is like, that's when you're really going to kick shit into gear, you know? Yeah. You know, I talked with uh, Tom on a previous episode, uh, somebody else who had been on this podcast before. And I think one of the examples we use that's really similar to that is that, you know, you could do a love spell on, uh, not necessarily on a person, but like, say you're trying to attract a partner in your life. You know, you could do a spell to attract love, but they're not going to come knocking on your door. You have to actually get out there and, you know, download those apps, like go out and meet new people safely because of coronavirus is very much still a real thing, guys. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to actually put yourself out there. You can't just sit at home and, and expect a knock on your door and Prince Charming or Princess Charming or whoever is, is going to be at your door and, and be like, I'm here ready for you. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work that way. You actually have to put in the effort. For sure. And like the inner work really is, is part of that too, especially in the example of like, uh, in the example of finding love, like the more work that you do on loving yourself, seeing yourself as worthy, seeing yourself as lovable, then if you actually attract a partner or something like that, you'll know how to hold on to it better. Do you know what I mean? Because you're not going to be, you know, you might not accept behavior, red flag behavior that is not going to be in your best interest because you've done that inner work of loving yourself, knowing what you want, knowing 
you know, what you're going to, to accept in your life. Right. So I think it all, all of this stuff is almost like its own little ecosystem, this its own little magical ecosystem where you can, um, you know, sort of elevate, you know, elevate what you what you bring to the world, but also what you're attracting inwards and how much, you know, power you have in terms of trying to shift what's going on for you at any given point. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, great. Well, Mandy, uh, is there anything new on the horizon that readers could potentially look out for from you? Um, so I am currently working on another book. So I'm, uh, I'm just working on another book right now. I also uh, am most active uh, kind of like on Instagram. Um, and I run an online coven um, through Patreon. But that's pretty much it for me right now. I'm just kind of working on ideas for future things. Awesome. Well, if people wanted to get in contact with you, um, so you mentioned you have a Patreon, but uh, you also are online. Uh, do you have any like social media handles or anything people can look up to find you? Yeah. So I am on mostly on Instagram at healing for hot messes. That is, uh, that's the name of my Instagram page. And there we just talk about sort of the same stuff as the book magic and personal development. Um, I use a lot of humor and stuff on there though, because, uh, I love me some jokes. Um, so yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. I'm also a uh, Mandy M writer on, um, Facebook and then, um, I'm on Twitter, uh, at the Mandy M. Um, but yeah, Instagram is definitely where I'm the most active. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm also on Instagram. If anybody's listening, you can find me at Seeking Witchcraft on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well at Seek Witchcraft or Facebook at Seeking Witchcraft Podcast. There's a group on Facebook if anybody wants to join. We're not an online coven, but if you have questions about the craft or just want to meet like-minded people, you can join. It's called Witches Seeking Witchcraft. And I am also on Patreon as well, just a Seeking Witchcraft. Um, cool. Well, Mandy, this has been so great getting to meet you and, and talking about your book and, you know, really pounding the pavement about how people have to put in the effort to <laughs> get involved and actually make a change in their life. Magic isn't going to be a one, I don't know, it's not going to fix everything. You actually yeah. have to put in the effort behind it. And and I think that that's so important. Right. Yeah. And like just the, another piece of advice for anyone, I think that whatever your magic is, if it's, you know, if it's fulfilling you and if it's getting results, then it's, then it's valid. So like one of my biggest bits of advice to anybody that's just getting started out is just eyes on your own paper as well, because I mean, there's so many different ways that people do things. And I feel like we can get caught up, especially in social media of like, am I doing it right? It's like, if it's working for you, then it's right. Like that's, you're good. <laughs> I love that. Okay, well, great. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Thank you again, Mandy, for coming on. And I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye.